Hello, I'm Michelle Murphy, physiotherapist specialising in women's health and wellness. You are listening to Choose to Thrive, the podcast series connecting women through the power of shared experience. Remember, no matter what's going on in your life, you are not alone. So thanks for joining the conversation. And since you're here, let's dance. here to do a solo episode today based on a blog that I posted a couple of months ago titled Pelvic Floor 101. So you can find that on the website at www.michelleleone.com.au. It's basically a general overview of the pelvic floor. So what is it? What does it do? What happens if it's not working properly? Why are some women more vulnerable than others? And why are women more vulnerable to men, to issues and dysfunction in the pelvic floor? And can we do anything about it? So just to re-emphasize that this is a very general overview. And obviously, if you have specific concerns for yourself, then I strongly encourage you to book in and see a women's health or pelvic health physiotherapist. So if you've heard of the pelvic floor, but you only have a hazy idea of what it is and what it does, then this super simple outline of the key facts will increase your understanding of this amazing and really important part of your anatomy. Yay! So we'll start with what is the pelvic floor? The pelvic floor is a sling of soft tissue that forms the floor of the bony pelvis, as the name suggests. The bony pelvis is the beautiful bony bowl forming the stable base for our spine and to which our legs attach via the hip joints. And the pelvic floor is made up of muscles and connective tissue structures such as fascia and ligaments. So if you think of of the white tough parts you can find in a cut of steak, for example. This connective tissue, as the name implies, connects things like muscles and organs to the bony support of the pelvic bones And it's what holds things in positions where they can function appropriately. This connective tissue is very strong, but it can be stretched over time or injured like any soft tissue, depending on the forces that it's subject to. Genetics also has a role here as some people have very tight connective tissue and other people are more stretchy and bendy in their joints and connective tissue. And we really don't have any control over that. So if you think about the key organs within the pelvis, so the bladder, the uterus and the rectum and bowel, then they are essentially held in place via these connective tissues in functional anatomical positions which allow them to do their jobs in as optimal way as possible. But if their support structures change, stretch, resulting in changes in position of these structures or changes in the structural integrity of these structures, then you can start to appreciate how this can impact function. So specifically our bowel and bladder function. And for something that we kind of tend to take for granted, unless we're experiencing issues, 
It is such a complex, finely tuned system of organ structures, processes that allow us to achieve normal, healthy bowel and bladder function. It's actually amazing that it all just works so automatically as well as it does for most people most of the time. But of course, for those people who are struggling with dysfunction in the pelvic floor, it can be highly distressing. And one of those reasons is because there is something within our society that considers, you know, the pelvic area, the pelvic organs to be a bit bit taboo, I suppose. It's not something that you necessarily want to chat about over the dinner table with your family, which is very different to if you have a shoulder pain, for example. You'd be happy to potentially chat about that with the family, you know, over dinner and what you're doing about it. And you would probably feel comfortable Googling, you know, what services are available and and seeking advice where it's not necessarily the case when we're talking about our pelvises, pelvic organs and associated pelvic floor dysfunction. So we're talking about continence and, and things like prolapse, which, yeah, they can be they can be loaded. There is a real potential emotional loading to these issues. So what does the pelvic floor do? The pelvic floor has many important jobs and the key ones include supporting the pelvic organs, so the bladder, the uterus, the vagina and rectum in position within the protective space created by the bony pelvis, as I mentioned previously, maintaining automatic and conscious continence and preventing unwanted leakage from the bladder and bowel, allowing things in, so we're thinking penis during penetrative intercourse, and things out, like babies of the vagina. So that's very, very simple explanation. Uh, what can cause problems for the pelvic floor? In a nutshell, stretch, strain or injury to this connective tissue or the muscles can result in the pelvic organs and support structures no longer sitting in a position that allows them to function effectively. This can lead to pelvic floor dysfunction, such as prolapse or incontinence. Stretch, strain and injury to the pelvic floor is usually the result of many factors, including the aging process and the loss of collagen in our tissues, which provides tensile strength and integrity to our connective tissues. So just like our faces and our boobs start to sag a bit as the years go by, so too does the pelvic floor. And then just consider gravity. If we consider the average lifespan of uh, women in Australia, it's about, I think, 83 or 84 years. And because we humans evolved to be bipedal creatures, so we walk on two legs, our pelvic floor is subject to the full force of gravity all day long. As we walk, run, jump, pick up our kids, and over a lifetime, this is a lot of force. Hormones are a big one, so postmenopausal women's hormones uh, hormone levels change dramatically and they lose the protective effect of hormones like estrogen, which is responsible essentially for thick, juicy pelvic floor tissues. Pregnancy, so baby plus placenta plus fluid, etc., equals lots of pressure directly down on the pelvic floor combined with pregnancy hormones, namely relaxin, which has the pelvic floor literally relaxin. Pardon the pun. Vaginal delivery of babies, so... 
fairly self-explanatory, but the risk of pelvic floor dysfunction increases with bigger than average babies. So we've got evidence to support this. Larger head circumferences, longer pushing phases, so that second stage of labour, and the need for instrumentation such as forceps or vacuum extraction, perineal tearing, so perineal trauma tearing, um, episiotomy, particularly grade three or four tears, which include direct injury to the muscles in the area. Coughing, sneezing, heavy lifting. So any time we generate a lot of intra-abdominal pressure, so pressure inside our abdomen, for example, when we cough, sneeze, or pick something up that requires a bit of oomph, we put a lot of pressure down onto our pelvic floor. So people with conditions that result in, for example, chronic coughing, such as maybe asthma, allergies, or people who do a lot of heavy lifting without pelvic floor awareness, are potentially at risk of developing issues with the pelvic floor as a result of that cumulative effect of ongoing stress. Constipation and straining. Yes, ladies, if you are regularly giving birth to a large, difficult bowel baby, you are putting your pelvic floor through some significant stress and strain. Constipation is a sign that something or things are not going right somewhere, from what food and fluid you put into your mouth, to your gut and digestive processes, to the very tail end of things, so to speak. It's not something we should ignore or tolerate, particularly if you're regularly having to strain to empty your bowels or experience discomfort, pain, hemorrhoids or bleeding as a result of big hard poo. You should seek support and professional advice. A women's health physio can be a really good holistic resource with regards to good bowel health and habits. And your GP is also obviously a primary port of call. So factors like these just described can change the tightness with which the pelvic structures are held in position. So if you kind of think of a brand new trampoline, you get a whole bunch of five-year-old kids to jump on it and still the trampoline will be so taut that they will hardly sink down as they jump. Now picture a really old trampoline, one from the 80s. It's barely hanging in there. It's a bit saggy with frayed edges. It's seen better days. Now get that bunch of kids to jump on it and picture the trampoline sagging closer to the ground with less support from those frayed edges. That's a, quite a, a visual analogy, I think, but it's one way of thinking about age-related change occurring in the pelvic floor. So why are some women's pelvic floors more vulnerable, particularly when compared to men? So three key reasons. So we have vaginas. So it's a large, relatively speaking, gap in our pelvic floor. So creating a structure that is designed to support and hold everything in and up, but that also has to stretch enough to allow babies to exit Frankly, I think if you spoke to an engineer, she'd probably describe it as a design flaw. But still, it's a big ask and it's a big reason why pelvic floor dysfunction is more common in women compared to men. From a urinary continence perspective, imagine a vessel full of liquid, so our bladder, with a short tube at the bottom going pretty much straight down. This is the urethra or the wee pipe, as a basic analogy of female bladder anatomy. The tube has a seal that can be opened or closed, but if the seal becomes faulty in any way, it gets pretty tricky to hold the fluid in. In addition, if you're adding force to the bladder and the structural support holding the bladder in position and holding that urethra steady is reduced, then that force applied is going to create more movement 
throughout the bladder and urethra and the surrounding structures, making it much more difficult for those valves, I suppose, to maintain that liquid in. So compared to a man whose tube is positioned more sideways and it's far, far, far longer. So the length of his tube, um, obviously going to the end of the penis, creates a pressure environment that's far more forgiving on the system than ours is. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, obviously pregnancy and childbirth, so that's a huge, huge factor um, impacting our pelvic floor, which men will obviously never experience. And then that hormonal changes. So uh, women's hormones uh, premenopausally are obviously cyclical over the month from when they start their periods. And then obviously the postmenopausal changes have a significant impact on the pelvic region as well. So can we have a positive impact on our pelvic floor and reduce the risk of dysfunction? Absolutely. In fact, I think that all women should have a good understanding of these concepts and a good connection with their pelvic floor in order to be proactive and reduce the risk of dysfunction. It is a long and proactive game, though, in some regards, but I invite you to start treating pelvic floor awareness as something that is as important as brushing your teeth. I know if I was given, you know, the choice by the devil of, you know, you can choose between rotting dysfunctional teeth or uh, dysfunctional pelvic floor, I'd choose the teeth because, you know, I believe that there's reasonably good technology in teeth replacing, but not so much for the pelvic floor yet. So there's definitely value in being proactive and getting to know your pelvic floor, even if only so that you can have some awareness if things are changing or feeling different, so that you can take some action before things progress. So what do I recommend? Honestly, I'd recommend seeing a women's men's and pelvic health physio, so particularly in Australia, we're really, really lucky in that we have uh, really the world's premier teachers and qualifications available to us. So we probably are leading the charge in terms of knowledge and expertise. So to learn about your pelvic floor and how to optimize it, you really do need some help with that. It's not, it's not as simple as googling it or watching a youtube and just trying to uh, strengthen your pelvic floor for example because it's not necessarily all about strength uh, in fact many women hold excessive tension in their pelvic floor muscles and one of the most common manifestations of this is dyspareunia or which is a fancy term for painful sex or pelvic pain uh, working with these women is more about developing self-awareness around physical tension in the body and pelvic floor muscles and teaching relaxation and down training strategies. Ultimately, though, knowledge is power and embodied knowledge, that is the wisdom our body holds, is hands down the most valuable knowledge we can ever gain about ourselves and will change the way we operate in the world for the better. So I'm not kidding. Embodied wisdom, however you want to look at it, I believe it's the answer to everything, my friends. <laughs> So don't be shy, start getting to know your lady bits and all the key actors behind the scenes a bit better. And if you really want to dive in deep and accurately, uh, seeing a women's men's and pelvic health physio really is the way to go. You won't regret it. So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this short little solo episode. 
I'm looking forward to getting back on the airwaves soon. I have a pretty cool episode lined up with one of my clients who has four sons ranging in age from 21 to 1, three of whom have official diagnoses of autism. And she's a single mum by choice or circumstance, depending on how you want to look at it. And so I'm just waiting for her approval before I go ahead and publish that one. But I'm looking forward to that one hitting the podcast very shortly. Till then, I hope you're taking care of yourself. So much love to you all out there. And I'll speak to you soon, so to speak. Bye. Hey, want more Thrive in Your Life? Head over to www.michelleleone.com.au to find out more, get in touch, or hit us up on the socials, which I do check occasionally. Once again, thank you for joining the conversation. And remember, no matter what's going on in your life, you are not alone.